Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. guys the die living podcast today we have on is our dietitian brooke and we have our softly coach chris vb today we're actually going to be talking about meal prep management um one thing that we've really been seeing is a lot of athletes been asking you know what is some of the simple ways to make meal prepping more efficient so we decided let's go ahead and make a podcast about this so we can go ahead and help everyone else out there and our listeners with that so we have a lot of knowledge here, obviously. I mean, I know Chris, you meal prep and you've done it previously. I've meal prepped, done it previously, still do it to this day. Brooke meal preps and gets to cook all the time. So we're gonna go ahead and be picking your brain a lot of like what efficiencies that you use in the kitchen so that mm-hmm. you're able to get your week started right. Sounds good. So let's go ahead and just jump right on into it. Um, so first off, what is some of the steps? Or not even that. Let's rewind that a little bit. What is meal prep to you, Chris? So meal prep to me is, well, traditionally it's been cooking a lot of food at once. So like when you, for example, go to the store, buy a whole bunch of meat, throw it on the grill. Uh, so stuff that will kind of keep for a number of days that I can keep in a fridge. Um, but really... Really just cooking a whole bunch of food at once and then breaking those up into individual meals and then storing them in the fridge and then, you know, pulling them out as needed. A couple of the challenges that I've had with meal prep is one, getting bored with it. Like, because sometimes what will happen is I'll cook the same, like I'll cook a whole bunch of chicken and then come Thursday, I'm sick of chicken and I don't (laughs) want to eat it anymore. Or, you know, you have, you know, vegetables and things like that, things that don't necessarily keep for a very long time. So by the come, you know, by Thursday rolls around, if I prepped everything on a Sunday, my vegetables kind of look soggy. A little funny. A little funny. So it's like, you know, so the balance for me with meal prep is always one kind of like, I guess, pick and choosing like what meals I want to prep. If it's going to be like breakfast, like the big meals, and then I'll kind of snack in between them. Um, And then getting good enough variety to where like, hey, I mean, I mean, I don't have like all day free time to like cook these really, you know, extravagant meals with super kinds of variety. I mean, I imagine like most of our listeners were probably a bunch of, you know, campground raccoons just kind of (laughs) rolling around in our kitchen, (laughs) (laughs) scrounging with what we got. I mean, thank goodness we have the app now with that kind of breaks down, like at least how to cook. Um, But I know for me, like prior to, I was, I was a very simple cooker, chicken, rice, salad, things like that. That was about as complex as I got my meal prep. So I don't know. That's, that's my anecdotal experience when it comes to cooking food. Quick thing you mentioned while we're thinking about it, the vegetable thing, the secret to that is to just cook your vegetables less. So you're almost like, it's like, oh, like oven so roast them for like maybe is. six There's to eight minutes. And then that, that way they're not like super soggy because then you reheat them and they cook Gotcha. More, so. Boom. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that was a knowledge bomb by Brooke. Very nice. <laughs> you like that? I was like, I, yeah, I, got, I, got, I got the analogy. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> so Brooke, you know, you came from, you know, school realm and going through the dietitian and doing all that great stuff. Did you meal prep in college at all? Yeah. So in undergrad, I 
worked three jobs and I was in school full time. So I would be gone from home sometimes for like 14, 16 hours at a time. So I invested in one of those big cooler bags that would fit like six to eight meals in it. And I I could put, you know, other stuff on top and in the sides. And I lugged that thing around with me everywhere I went on campus and stuff. All my jobs were on campus. So that's kind of when I started. And um, so I learned through a lot of trial and error how to do it, I guess. So that that's the, that brings me to this question here. Did you warm your meals up or did you just eat them cold? Because a lot of people will say and complain that, oh, I can, I can meal prep and carry my stuff, but I can't get into a microwave. In that environment of college, I could like sneak somewhere and find a microwave. If I was like not knocking on the teacher's lounge, like, hey, like I would, because I like them hot. But some of my friends that, because um, I was a personal trainer, it was one of my jobs. And like some of those people were nuts. They would sit there with like, cold chicken in the middle of class and I'm just like no that's not my thing but you could do it yeah I know uh, quite a bit of our listeners obviously are are military or LEO or firefighters so they I'm pretty sure they do meal prep and if you come from that lifestyle in that realm cold food is a normal thing for you I mean yeah (laughs) no it's true I'll I'll, I'll vouch for that probably is not ideal most of the times but I mean you stomach it because I guess I guess at that point you're probably more worried about you know what you're taking in for your performance as opposed to necessarily how it tastes yeah um so okay so uh, fair enough I like that I like that knowledge bomb there though that was pretty that was useful for me yeah you know what's led me to this is because of the fact like you know on deployments getting the same food over and over and over again I, I can't eat corned beef hash anymore some Word. people really can. I was talking to John Dill about this and he was like, I didn't care. He's like, I would eat the same exact thing over and over and it doesn't bother me. But I was like, I can't do that. Yeah, no, not myself. I'm, I'm too spoiled now. I'm too comfortable. <laughs> well, <laughs> the I've, new I've, term is domesticated. I've domesticated. Exactly what has become. George. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so this, that is, that's one of the big things. Like, you know, we're talking about this pre-show actually up in the office and I was talking about like, Hey, you know, when I meal prep, I cook all my proteins. I cook all my veggies and I cook all my carbohydrates and then I lay out all my Tupperware and then I measure out my protein first, lay it into my Tupperware and then I go ahead and measure out my carbohydrates, put that down and then whatever my macros are left for the fats is what I put on top of that um, or, or however I want to make it happen. Most people think about meal prepping and they think about cooking for seven days and like realistically who wants to eat food that was cooked five days ago? I do it. That's See, that's, and that's another thing that I, I totally learned, right? Like I, I can't eat food that's five days later. Like I've done it and everything else like that. I, I, I just don't choose to do it anymore. Yeah. And I know a lot of people and a lot of our listeners choose not to do it. And that's the reason why they don't meal prep. So this kind of comes into, we talked about like the efficiency of meal prepping and the management of it all. Splitting it up into like, all right, cool. I'm going to cook on a Sunday and then cook on a Wednesday. Right? So yeah. I have food for Thursday and Friday. I have food for Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I used to do a lot of times when I first kind of got into like that whole 30 challenge and I had to like learn how to meal prep. I really didn't, I had at the time period, it was 2009, 2010, and I had no idea. And nutrition wasn't the biggest thing that people really focused on. You know, CrossFit started coming out big and they started doing all these things. So like you're working out, doing those things, and all of a sudden they're like the paleo challenge is what was new and taught people how to meal prep. But it really didn't teach them how to meal prep. It was more of just like follow a meal and that's what you do. So what helped me out was, all right, so Sunday, I would go ahead and cook all my food for those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then coming up on Wednesday for dinner, 
Now, dinner, I would end up cooking extra protein, extra carbohydrates, and then whatever fats I needed for my meals, I'll do that. That's going to go ahead and be there for Thursday and Friday. Saturday and Sunday, you should be able to take care of yourself because you're home. Mm -hmm. I mean, we understand some of those things happen with that. So, you know, Chris, for when you're, I don't know how you meal prep now, like what's your schedule set up for when you're meal prepping and cooking? Um, so again, I kind of, I focus on the big ones, um, because I, at least the, the challenge that I had when I meal prepped and, you know, I'm sure probably somebody can, can sympathize with this, but so think about like, all right, so I just cooked a week's worth of food, right? And the way we run meals in our culture, meals are like ceremonious in a lot of ways. Like for example, like I meal prep Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for lunch and then I come down here to our Durham headquarters and I get the, hey man, you wanna go to ramen? <laughs> or you wanna go to M Sushi for lunch? Well, there goes my lunch meal prep. And now like I have this container of food that I had planned to eat, now is no longer <laughs> because <laughs> because I just gonna be like, no, no, sorry, I don't wanna go with you guys because I have already made my lunch. You know, So a lot of it for me was like having to like, okay, you know, balance, like what's, what's something that I could make that if I don't eat right now would still be desirable later. And if I kept like pushing that meal down the road, then it's just like, well, I'm just going to end up throwing it out because you know, it's just no good anymore. So I think for me, like, you know, if you, if you don't account for variability in your diet, like, you know, I mean, we're not a true story. I'll deviate for a second, but I had this happen to me one time, but I, as soon as it did, I swore that this would never, ever, ever be me. Um, when I was, I, I had a cookout one day when I lived in Georgia with a group of guys from the infantry course, and we were doing just hot dogs and hamburgers, right? Just good old fashioned American food. Hell yeah! And uh, at at a friend of mine show up who uh, who brought he, he knew we were cooking hot dogs and hamburgers, but he shows up with his own one, not for everybody, <laughs> but one steak. He's like, hey man. I'm just gonna have my steak instead of your your hot dogs and your hamburgers. Like, no offense, you're bro. that guy. I'm like, I'm like you. Like, I get it, bro. You just you meal prepped, but you didn't take into account like some kind of variability in your diet, and you just now you look like a giant douchebag because <laughs> you're like <laughs> you just you just showed up with your own steak, and everyone else is having hot dogs and hamburgers. So that's so, funny. So I'd say like my my nugget my my lesson learned from that was you know don't don't meal prep down to like the actual like thinking that you're going to be perfect every single day, you know, focus on kind of the big things like your big meals and like some of your, you know, big macros that like you need to hit every day. Um, and then account for a little bit of variability. Like, Hey, you're going to want to go out and eat. Like you're going to want to go out and do stuff. Cause we do stuff, you know, around mealtime just in our culture. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That was, that was my big, like, I've seen people do that before. And like I said, I've always told myself, I'm not going to be that guy. So like the cheapest way I do that is I just go buy a bunch of carne asada or carne asada mm -hmm. and super cheap and just throw it on the on the grill for everybody to eat. Mm -hmm. I yeah, mean, that's, that's, that's a, one of those ways. But this kind of leads me now to the next question that's going to be for Brooke is Chris just got done talking about like the big things in his meal prep, right? And his big meals, you know, for my big meals is breakfast and then my dinner is my big meal. Yes, mm -hmm. I do eat lunch and all that good stuff. But the thing is, it was like Chris mentioned there's times when we come out here and we're at the HQ and like people are like, oh, hey, let's go have lunch together because that's what we're doing. We're a group. We want to go and talk and socialize. So that kind of goes into what big meals should we really focus on um, if that does happen or how could you set yourself up for success on the main meals for that day? 
Um, I think it doesn't necessarily isn't a meal. It's the number of meals you do that. So like if you want to go out and eat like and have lunch or dinner or something, that's not a big deal. It would be different if you were like, hey, every single meal and snack, we're going to go out. Because when you go out to eat, there's a lot of stuff in your food that you don't really think about. Things are steamed in butter, fried in fat, a um, lot of added sugar and things, salt that gives it all this flavor. So you don't really know or control what goes into your food, even sometimes when you think you're eating healthy. So I think that it's more of just like, don't do it a ton and it should be a treat. Um, and obviously when everyone's here, we do it like on a normal office occasion, we all like pack lunches and stuff. But um it is. It's hard because it's such a social thing. So you shouldn't deny yourself that. Just don't do it every day. Like pick a couple days a week, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I think on that too. Like for me, I've started to like my meal prep focus around like the eating in and around my training time each day. So for me, depending on the day, you know, I'm I'm a I'm an early riser worker outer, if oh, you, you will. So AMer. I'm an AMer. Um, I have a hard time doing it in the PM. Just I can, but I don't really like to. Um, so a lot of my meal prep goes into like that focused nutrition, like around my training time. So, you know, I'll be an early AM, you know, gym goer, um, usually do a lunchtime activity, uh, you know, jujitsu, rock climbing that kind of continues my training really like my training is focused around the first half of my day. So, so I know nutrition wise, like if I don't start, you know, taking in something early on and then kind of, you know, feeding that, like I know my training is going to suffer. So I kind of mm-hmm. like, I group my meal prep like around my training time to support that block of time in my day. And then, you know, as the evening goes on, I mean, you know, I'll go home and whatever's in the fridge. It's cool you bring that up because like, you know, a lot of us don't talk about the timing aspect, especially right now with the Softly Nutrition because of the fact that it's kind of hard for a lot of guys to really focus on the timing aspect that Chris Mm -hmm. is talking about. And, you know, timing, you know, the way I look at timing is timing out my carbohydrates and my fats and my proteins going into that training session. So like, you know, we had a talk, we asked you yesterday, one of my, one of the soft lead athletes reached out and was like, Hey, how much carbohydrate should I be taking pre-workout during workout and then post-workout? Um, and we actually were like, all right, cool. Like, you know, here's a ratio for you for proteins and, and carbohydrates. We didn't give them really a fat ratio because, you know, during training, you really don't want to, be, especially if you're in the gym, there's really no need to be putting in fats in at that time and moment, um, because we do need the carbohydrates. Same thing after that training session right away within that, you know, that 90 minute window, we want to get carbohydrates and proteins in. So can you talk a little bit about like how someone could actually set their meals up with that ratio so that they can kind of have a better idea? Like, all right, cool. My breakfast, I'm not working out in the morning. I'm working out at noon. So my breakfast is going to be a, you know, would it be, it's going to be a higher protein and a higher fat level, lower carbohydrates. And my next meal will now be a, a moderate of fats, higher carbohydrates and my normal protein intake. And, you know, what are some of the ratios that you look at, Brooke, to, you know, really help that athlete succeed with that timing when they meal prep for three to five days out? Yeah. So basically with meal, meal timing and, um, we sure we divide it out traditionally breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but really it's four to five meals or snacks that need to be placed based on your day. Right. So breakfast should be within an hour of waking up. You want to like get that metabolism going, start fueling your day. And so then when it starts to change, it's like, well, where do I work out? Right. So the thing that we always said to our athletes at Virginia Tech, and I say it all the time now, it's always going to be stuck in my head, is bookend your workouts. There needs to be quality nutrition in front of it, and there needs to be quality nutrition after. Bookend those workouts, because that's what's going to make sure what you did in that training session 
is actually like you're recovering, you're building muscle, mm -hmm. you're gaining something from that training. So then that's when like the meal timing switches up a little bit and it's okay before, um, I would like to say like 90 minutes, like, and it depends on your like GI, but like I can't do like, it has to be at least an hour to 90 minutes before I train after I eat. And you can have like a little like bit of fat with your meal and you should and have a balanced meal before you work out. Um, and then after is when that ratio is really important because fat delays the absorption of food, right? So we want to be taking in a ratio of one to two protein to carbohydrates. So if you've got 30 grams of protein, you know, you need to hit, then you need to be taking in 60 grams of carbohydrate. And that's actually how the post-workout snack in the nutrition is programmed to be. So there's very, very little fat. Sometimes if there's a little peanut butter in a smoothie, because that's delicious, that's fine. But, <laughs> but, um, but mostly it's going to be protein and carbohydrates. So if you're a morning workout guy and then just move your post-workout, even though it might not be in the order like that in the app, you would like move your post-workout and know, Hey, I need these ratios right now. This is what's best for my body. And you would have that and then carry on with your other meals and snacks throughout the day. Um, but it's really eating every three to five hours is important. Um, and mostly this is because of protein intake, because your body can only absorb like 20 to 30, maybe 40, if you're a bigger dude, um, grams per sitting. So if we're sitting there and we're eating 70 grams of protein and we're like, all right, I'm going to get to eat for like eight more hours, you're really not getting that much from it. So that's why the timing of like spacing it out is like super crucial because you're going to keep yourself in kind of this like muscle building like state um, by adding that protein in throughout the day. So this leads me to the next thing that I kind of want to focus on. So we want to look at the newer athlete who's never done meal prepping and doesn't understand meal timing. Mm -hmm. What are some of the priorities in meal man or meal prep management that you would actually set them on the right path for to help them lead into having this as a lifestyle now and prepping them for success? Because a lot of times we do see people do meal prep and what ends up happening? They get a week into it and they're like, man, I have all these dishes I got to wash and I got to sit here behind the kitchen for two hours to go ahead and meal prep. And I don't like the way my vegetables taste, Chris, BB, because <laughs> I overcook them um, and everything else like that. So what are some of the priorities that we would talk about for someone new coming onto the Softly Nutrition app and the program that can help them, you know, continue that longevity of meal prep? Yeah. Well, if you've never done it before, it kind of takes a while to like figure out what you're doing. And like my big thing is oven management. Like that's kind of hard if you've never done it and you're like, oh, here's all my recipes, but I've got one oven and I've only got so many, you know, stovetop spots. So it's kind of important to like look at your recipes you want to make and um, figure out the temperatures. That's how I do it, like oven temp. So if I know, oh, here's all my stuff, like all these veggies and this meat's going to go in at three, 350 degrees. I like put it all together, but it took me a while to figure that out. If someone's just starting, I would say, try not to get overwhelmed if it takes you a long time because like yeah. it does get better. Like once you figure out what you're doing, you get so used to it that it's super quick um, and it gets a lot better. Um, and if you want to simplify it too. So we were talking about how we get bored of like food stuff. So, and I'm the same way. So I made the meal prep version of the nutrition program. Like it alternates days of recipes. So if you wanted to make it simpler, you could just only cook like one day's worth of recipes. If you mm -hmm. want to start that way, that might be a good option to be like, okay, I'm just going to figure out how to make, you know, three meals and two snacks or whatever for, um, the next couple days. And 
maybe just try George's method of like, I'm going to just do like three to four days at a time. I'm one of those people. I, I, on Sunday will prep five days out. I make breakfast fresh every day and prep five days out, but it took me a really long time to get fast and comfortable like doing all that. So I would just start small for a couple days at a time. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting, like, um, how do you explain this? The way I look at it all is just like, what's going to work for you at the end of the day. Right, because if, if it doesn't work for you, it's not going to be successful. What do you mean I shouldn't go like start buy three different scales and cut my chicken <laughs> to where like I'm within a tenth of an ounce of what I think <laughs> should be? Yeah, no, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. No, I think I think the the biggest takeaway is just to to start small, start with something manageable. I mean, if you don't try to plan two weeks worth of meals, because you know if if you're new to meal prep, I'm going to go on a limb and say you're probably new to training as well, because anyone who's Anyone yeah. who's been like really into the training scene for a while is probably like they know like generally like, hey, I need to be eating X, Y, and Z as it you know pertains to my training. So I'm going to say if you're new to meal prepping, it would be the same advice as if you're new to training in that start with something manageable. Mm-hmm. If you can consistently meal prep a day out and try three days, if you can go three days, try five days and kind of see you know how it fits in with your lifestyle just because... You know, we are a food-based culture, and we love to eat, and we love to surround that time with, you know, friends and ceremony and things like that. So, you know, make sure you're just not the guy who, when the rest of the office is going out for, you know, happy hour, you're sitting there eating your cold turkey breast out of your (laughs) little Tupperware (laughs) container. You're like, hey, guys, you know, sorry, I got my meal here. It's delicious. Yeah. No, that's that's true. You know, one thing I did as when I started getting into meal prepping was I actually and I, I, I was lucky, like I said, I had the time to do it. So what I ended up doing was Sunday night when I cooked dinner, I just cooked extra food for the next day. So like I didn't realize that I was doing small steps. I was just I was like, oh, I'm just gonna cook some extra food for the next day. So I don't have to worry about cooking for, you know, breakfast and lunch and I'll cook dinner again and then I'll just have that. And then what would I do is like, all right, cool. I can make breakfast in the morning, like you said. So I would end up cooking breakfast using some of the protein that I had from the night prior. And then for lunch, I'd use the same protein. So pretty much my dinner was my lunch the mm-hmm. next day. And that's kind of how it worked for me. And as I started getting the, ha- the handle of it and, hang- and, and you know understanding how to do it, I started adding in two more meals. And then I started adding three more meals. They don't call it stir Friday for no reason. <laughs> 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 when you end up with a whole bunch of leftover food at the end of the week, you just throw well, it all together. Well, that's, that's funny you say that, right? Because then I started getting into this also. Instead of looking at your meals as, as, as just one meal for the day or looking at it as a whole, I started looking at my meals for the week. So like, all right, cool. For five days, I want to go ahead and get in a minimum of 15 meals to 18 meals. Right? So like looking to be like, all right, cool, that's gonna be three meals every single day. And then if I'm probably gonna miss some meal or some snack, so whatever else, I would try and shoot for 15 meals at a minimum because at the same time, we would go and eat lunch. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. If I, if I don't eat my lunch that day, I just push it up to my dinner and then my dinner becomes my lunch the next day. Um, it's kind of the approaches that I've taken with that also. Mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, we've covered a lot of things you know, with meal prep management, you know, and I think it would be really cool for us to kind of lay out a pyramid of that, of like what we should lay out, you know, for that new athlete that's coming onto the Soft Leak Nutrition app on like the building blocks to get them to success. And I think, you know, Brooke, you, you hit it on the head and can you just go over what you feel like those steps would be and how many steps would it be? Um, like of the process of meal prepping, 
kind of is what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the first thing I would do is even though the app generates a grocery list, go look at the recipes first and like figure out what you want to eat and what you want to cook. Um, so I would do, that would be my first step because, um, you want to look and see, well, Hey, maybe this recipe has this, maybe I want to substitute this. You can save a lot of money doing that. I was talking to some customers about that recently. Um, so the first step I think would be really looking at the recipes, figuring out what you want to make, and then go ahead and generate that list, um, of food to go to the grocery store. So those are kind of your first steps. And usually I do this like on the weekend and I know some people work weekends. So just pick a day where you know that you're going to have like realistically grocery store and cooking three hours, I would say. Um, so that's kind of, I think like the first step after you've gotten all your food and stuff and you're back home in the kitchen, I would go back to those recipes and kind of like look at what needs to be cooked, what ways so that you can kind of like manage your equipment in the kitchen and like George mentioned it is a lot easier to do all the protein at once and all the carbs at once um add in those fats a lot of times go with those carbs but um that's a way to do it I personally do the temperature method so I look at the recipes and I'm like everything in this recipe is at 350 and this recipe cool I'm going to combine it all make sure they go in the oven at the same time um yeah, I don't know what else. What am I? I feel like I'm missing something. Are we on the right track? No, we're on the right track, definitely. Make sure yeah. you wash your Tupperware because it's gross. If you, like, <laughs> I do leave. have. Well, like that's also the other key. I guess before you even get that far, just like make sure you have purchased a shit ton of Tupperware. There like, you go, right? Well, and like, that's another thing too. People are like, man, Tupperware is so expensive. <laughs> I do the cheap stuff because exactly. it gets nasty. You and, throw it like, away exactly. Yeah. Here's the thing: how many? By show of hands, how many people have left shaker bottles full of like a little bit of protein shake in the car on those hot North Carolina summer days? <laughs> this recruits, sir. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I find it I find it now buried under my seat three days later when yeah. And it smells like no, the yeah, died in your car. No, try doing a week later. <laughs> exactly. That is miserable. So yeah, make sure don't don't invest in something super expensive because chances are you're gonna mess this up and <laughs> You're going to forget to like scoop all the food out and actually wash it. So, yeah. Everyone swears by glass Tupperware because that doesn't happen. But I'm like, it's so heavy if you're carrying it around. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I I actually started when I started getting serious about meal prepping and everything else like that. I actually started putting food in Ziploc bags. That is easy. So I used to put my food in Ziploc bags. I used to put my protein. I used to put my, my carbohydrates and then added whatever fat was needed left after I made that meal. And carry it with me and then I'd go and microwave it or eat it cold and then I threw away the Ziploc bag. I was going to say you did take the food out of the Ziploc bag before you put it in the microwave. No, I, I put the microwave in there. Yeah, because oh, it warmed okay. it up better. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Fair so enough. then I would just mix it all, all together and just eat it. And everyone that's listening, my listeners who have eaten MREs know about how they roll back the, the cover of it, make a nice little bowl, you get the main meal and then you get the crackers and you get the hot sauce and you get the cheese and you mix it all together and it's glorious. Yeah, I, I just, I think I'm, my days of meal prepping with MREs are. I mean, this I'm talking, <laughs> that's what I used to do when I was in. But now though, like if I, it's, if I, I don't have, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't go buy a, a six pack thing that lets me carry my meals in. I rather just put them in Ziploc bags. Cause I, I tell you what, I love cooking. I love cooking, but I hate washing dishes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and, I, and thank you mom for instilling that workout at, that work ethic into me mm-hmm. but you also made it seem like I, I don't like washing dishes um, but yeah so Chris for you how about when we look at more of an advanced athlete like you know who trains 
like you do or just follows the softly program mm-hmm. how would they actually be able to set them themselves up to success with meal prep management so i mean again the, the way that i've come to do it is my i mean because here's the thing diet supports our training uh and meal prepping is a way to you know manage your diet we can even take that even further though nutrition supports your lifestyle supports our it supports our life for our life right yeah. that's true that's true so um for me, like it's a matter of again just being being honest with myself and like what what sort of variability I'm going to build into my days. Like if I know, like for me, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are very like heavy volume days for me. So it'll be like AM workout, you know, an hour and a half of jujitsu, and then even again in the evening. So my meal, like I I go hard on meal prep those three days because I know that I'm going to need nutrition to support like everything that I'm doing that entire day. Um, but on like Fridays and stuff like that, like I'm not going to meal prep for a Friday because chances are I'm probably going to like go out to a meal or two and, and have some I, pizza and burgers and have some. I will crush <laughs> some pizza and burgers, dude. I've been craving pizza. <laughs> it's like you've been talking about it since yesterday. I'm telling you, like it's it's one of those things. But it's like what people do is like I think the mistake is that just everyone you know, especially now being like the new year and everyone has all these goals about fitness and nutrition and things like that. Like everyone's very apt to just like way overdo it up front. Mm-hmm. And they try to like, they just try to do so much yeah. and you know, I'm just going to buy all healthy things. And then, you know, it just, it falls apart in a month. So, yeah. you know, for advanced athletes, like just, I mean, probably more like any athlete, you know, just the advanced part just depends on by what degree you, you take yeah. your extreme to. So um, if anything, you know, just make sure that, you know, from a performance standpoint, your, you know, your diet supports your training. So, you know, like Brooke was saying, like bookend your training, like make sure, because if, if not, if you mess that up, then it's going to have this cascading effect. Like, oh man, I didn't eat breakfast. Now I'm tired. Now I don't feel like training. And then when I don't feel like training and then I feel bad because I didn't train. And then when I feel bad, you can be like me and you just warm up that big round of thing of brie cheese in your cast iron <laughs> to start dipping in <laughs> it's delicious by the way. <laughs> brie is like my go-to food for just about like it's my comfort food but anyways i mean but, i love it but like it becomes like this like spiral this downward spiral very quickly when it's like hey you know what if you just bite off a little less no pun intended so we're talking about food um you know it, it just it becomes much more manageable and then once you just are get, once you get good at it and you get into your rhythm uh then just you know rock it till you can't rock it no more you know what yeah. I mean so I don't know I've just like I said I I carry around I think we were talking about this in the office like those little like six six pack fitness like bags yeah something that like I so it comes with actually I'm not advertising for them but very cheap like Tupperware like something that I can carry around with me. Not carrying around like a giant Yeti cooler, like <laughs> you just look kind of ridiculous. Wait a minute, you're not. You, <laughs> just, again, I want to address you in a construction construction oh, person's man. thing and have you walk around with. Like one. I said, don't just like I said, guys, don't <laughs> don't be that guy because like I'm telling you, like food is such a big part of your life. Like until like you just, you don't even realize it, um, and I think that's what honestly like keeps people on nutrition and whatnot is becomes it just becomes too much to manage. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like if you just have like a super long day. Like the last thing you want to do is like, oh, let me let me sit down and write out all my meals that I'm gonna eat every single week and like do five hours of cooking when it's like you already worked for twelve hours and it's just like, yeah. At that point in time, you just want to sit back on your couch and throw back some Chinese food with some beers. So, but hey, I can play devil's advocate to that too because some people enjoy cooking. Some people no, enjoy that. Hey. That's a therapeutic thing for them. Roger I mean, that. I know for a fact, like 
I, I lived in a studio. Remember I was telling you this on the phone when I was like super happy about moving into my new apartment. <laughs> With your fancy garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lived, I, I, so like my whole time being out in California, I've always either lived in the barracks, lived on like, lived with roommates and had my own room, never, and finally moved into a studio where I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have a stove to cook on. That's so crazy. It was a hot plate. And so like trying to follow like the, and, and it's okay. I, I enjoyed it. It's, it was fun. Um, I really had to re re, you know, reschedule my lifestyle of how I was going to be eating so that I didn't, you know, gain too much weight because I was out eating from different places, whatever else. And I, I you know, I, I heard this from a buddy. He was like, you know, the grocery store has a lot of great things that you can go ahead and put into your meal prep without even cooking it. And, mm-hmm. and when he told me that, I was like, I, I didn't really understand the time period. But then like, if you just walk into the grocery store and again, I'm not saying go and look at all the processed food, but like, if you go look at a pack of tuna, right? Like a pack of tuna is really well to eat. I mean, a, a pack of tuna carries what? 26 to 30 grams of protein inside of it. It can, yeah. It can, right? So like, all right, cool. If I can't eat for that day or I don't want to cook for that day, I can go ahead and grab, you know, a pack of tuna, go grab some almonds and then maybe grab, you know, you know, whatever kind of starch or carbohydrate that I want mm. to put with it is kind of the ways I looked at it and kind of how I led myself into that for living in that realm. Because I know we have a lot of people who listen to our, our podcast that live in the barracks too, that live in small studios that might not have that. Um, and one of the big things I really loved was my George Foreman grill. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's oh, pretty solid. Dude, yeah, that's George Foreman grill is the greatest thing in the world. I do love those. Yeah. And I feel like what you're saying is it's kind of a trade off too when you go into the grocery store because you do have multiple purchases you could do this is what do I and this can change week to week. Do I really want to try and save money and like cut things up and like prep on myself or do I need convenience this week and like you just roll in and you're Mm -hmm. like where's the healthy grab and go things like pre-portioned nuts and it might change week to week what's like your priorities but there's definitely like multiple ways to go about it. Yeah, I know when I used to when I used to run my gym and I used to uh, I used to help start another company up or whatever else uh, with meal preps and stuff like that. And what I used to tell the clients and the customers at that time period was, hey, look, if you're just new to meal prepping, the first thing you need to do is one, use what's in your cupboard to cook with. Because what ends up happening is when you start cooking now and you start using it and then all of a sudden you go buy the new stuff, well, you start buying the stuff that you wanna use and then just replacing it slowly because it can get expensive like you said. I mean, think about it, go buy coconut oil or going buy olive oil and going buy salt and pepper, and but sea salt, right? And like, okay, cool, you have some vegetable oil inside your, your, your cupboard and it has this much left, well, go ahead and use a little bit of it. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Like, what you're doing is you're slowly getting rid of all of the less quality type stuff and now replacing with higher quality type stuff. But the cool part about that is that you got some practice with the food that you had inside your kitchen to get your meal prep going. And then as you started grocery shopping and getting yourself into this routine, it led you to now all of a sudden I have this cupboard of great quality of you know ingredients that I can use now. Um, and another big thing that I really would push to the athletes is this, and, and I use a saying now, it's that micro aspect will lead to a macro aspect. So if we can look at, you know, taking one meal at a time, you know, it ends up leading us to 15 meals at the end of the week. Instead of looking at it as like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and take, I, oh, I got to eat three meals today. It's like, whoa, <laughs> let's slow down there, buddy. Let's go ahead and just focus on breakfast first and let's get you to the next lunch. Because again, the variability in, the, in that is really key to the success for you actually achieving meal prepping and achieving your goals 
and it holds you accountable. Yeah. I think with the variability thing too, I only like buy and will prep like things for Monday through Friday. And then you always end up with extra food. And like, I hate wasting food. Like food waste is one of my, like, I really want to get better about that. Like I hate, I, oh, I throw stuff away and I'm like, someone could really use this. Like There's I'm wasting starving this. starving children like, somewhere in another country. I feel so the bad about food waste. <laughs> Americans waste so much food. Do. I don't that's, know that's the true. exact statistics, but like A we waste like ton. maybe 40% of the food like we buy. So that's <laughs> so not cool. True. But like you could definitely just do like Monday through Friday, guarantee you're going to maybe go out to lunch, maybe go out to dinner. You'll have leftover food. You'll have leftover stuff. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Thanks, guys. for Thank you guys for tuning in to the Die Living Podcast on meal prep management. See you guys on the next show. See ya.